happened to the NFL? Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ, the Dynasty Warzone Network's very own rookie rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas, and you can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Dallas spelled backwards with two L's galore. Guys, we are another week out from the draft. It's still fresh. We are in the thick of a lot of draft content right now and a lot of rookie drafts that have just kicked off. But With that being said, I don't want to leave my defensive IDP players out there in the dark, so I'm going to give you the immediate post-draft release of my individual ranks, some sleepers that you should be targeting in your IDP leagues, as well as my kind of overall take for some of the big-name landing spots and how I feel that they may fare in year one, because at the end of the day, for a lot of you out there that play IDP, you know very well that how the rookies produce their rookie year immediately impacts their value Um, a lot more so even than what we see with players on the offensive side of the ball Um, the thing with idp that the people that are just kind of casual players don't realize a lot of the time is that if you take a linebacker in the second or third round that doesn't mean it's always going to be your linebacker the following year Um, They could easily flame out, and if you're not a first-round linebacker, it's pretty easy just kind of toss you to the wind and get a street free agent evenly, even sometimes that we'll see fill in these spots time and time again. So getting immediate impact and hitting on the players that are going to actually show you that impact on the field and show you that fantasy production from these different positions in year one is ever so important when it comes to IDP. Um, Linebackers, of course, will always hold their value a little bit more than some of the other positions, but betting on first-year production and understanding the situations of first-year production for the rookies is pretty imperative. So without further ado, I'm going to go through each position, um, general breakdowns of the IDP, just to go over linebackers, defensive linemen, and DBs to give you the consensus current rank, the top five of the IDP players right now, my own top five IDP ranks, as well as draft risers and fallers, a sleeper, and a steal based off of ADP currently for each of those three positions. So without further ado, I'm just going to hop into everyone's uh, bread and butter content when it comes to IDP, and that's the linebackers. So right now, consensus ADP and consensus ranks for the linebackers after the draft class are as follows. Number one is Mr. Devin Lloyd. He was pretty much the, without a doubt, resounding linebacker one in the class. He was also the first linebacker off the board, and he went to Jacksonville. Um, Devin Lloyd comes in as an immediate starter with the release of Miles Jack earlier in the offseason for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And what that does is Devin Lloyd steps in as an every-down player, defensive stalwart coming out of Utah going to be a just a gangbuster pick. Um, you're going to have to draft him early in your IDP leagues, however, so if you are offensively set, he's a guy that you can take in the first and just kind of lock and load him on an IDP roster. Number two in consensus right now is the second linebacker that went off the board, and uh, draft capital usually has a way of affecting these early IDPs on the defensive side, which ultimately isn't as important a lot of the times. Um, but... Quay Walker to the Green Bay Packers was the second overall linebacker taken off. He is also the second ranked current linebacker in the rankings. Um, Quay Walker is 
a good run stopper. He's fast, but he's not nearly as instinctive as some of the other linebackers that are currently behind him in the rankings. Um, This is more of a projection, I think, than anything, just because they're going to see him falling to a good team in Green Bay and people are going to be elevating because of first-round draft capital. I don't really agree with that, as you'll see with some of my rankings to follow this list. But Quay Walker's number two right now. Number three in consensus is Mr. Christian Harris. He was one of my favorite linebackers prior to the NFL draft, and his landing spot with the Houston Texans solidified that wholeheartedly with me. And I'll get into that a little bit more when I go into my actual ranks. Number four on the list is consensus is Nicobe Dean. He was the... I don't really understand why I'm falling type of player that happened. There's always one player and you're always confused by it every year. And Nicobe Dean fell to the Philadelphia Eagles, but he fell in a very advantageous spot. As I said before, in a similar way with Christian Harris, I liked him a lot prior to the draft. I like him now even more after the draft with his landing spot, even after that medical fall, because the team still took him on day two. Number five in consensus is Mr. Troy Anderson that went to Atlanta. This is a day two pick again, going into an Atlanta defense that needs a ton of help. They brought in Rashad Evans this offseason. He's paired with Nicobe Dean. Uh, sorry, not Nicobe Dean. Sorry. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, it's not Deion Lewis. This is going to uh, not Keanu Neal. There's another linebacker safety hybrid that's in Atlanta. I can't think of it right now, but there's two starters ahead of him. But Troy Anderson is an athletic freak. He comes in um, ranked pretty high coming out of Oklahoma. Should come in as a rotational player. May have to sit behind those two players for the first year. So when it comes to an IDP value standpoint, it may not be the best bet to be investing on him at LB5 based on the fact that he might not see the field very much. That's the top five. My top five varies quite a bit. Number one is pretty chalk. Devin Lloyd, great landing spot. He was my number one before the draft. He's still at number one. Uh, The riser for me is Mr. Christian Harris. Christian Harris, I wanted to see the draft capital because a lot of people were up and down as to where he was going to go, but he falls in the absolute best landing spot that any of the linebackers honestly could have gone. Um, After letting go... Mr. Cunningham, their stalwart IDP player that saved many a people in their IDP leagues over the last half a decade. Um, They had a massive hole at middle linebacker, and they brought in a guy that can absolutely fly. He's a monster off the edge in rush packages, and his coverage is some of the best in the class. He comes in, fills a need. He's going to be an every-down starter for the Houston Texans as a rookie on a team that is probably not going to be the greatest, but has some spunk on defense. He is a run after the ball type of linebacker, and he's a heavy hitter, like I said. So when it comes to the production values you're going to see from him, realistically, he could have the highest ceiling out of any of the players on the list. And that's why I have him at number two, just behind the locked and loaded guy that's kind of a sure bet and a safe bet in Devin Lloyd. Number three, the linebacker position for me is Nicobe Dean. Again, a riser from the four consensus ranking to three for me. He fell in Philadelphia. Philadelphia brought in Kazir White, everyone's darling last year, who brought me two championships in IDP leagues. Um, He had a breakout season last year with the Los Angeles Chargers, but he comes into the Philadelphia Eagles on a non-Brandon Staley defense, meaning there's not really anything. They didn't guarantee him a ton of money. It's a prove-it deal that he's going to have this year, but they brought in Nokobe Dean, who is one of the best play recognition linebackers in the entire draft, a great pass recognition, as opposed to the run stuffer and run after catch that Kaiser White is. So you have a really good tandem at linebacker, plus it's one of the earliest linebackers that the Philadelphia Eagles have taken over the last couple of years, and it's a guy I'm very comfortable taking ahead of some of the other guys. Number four for me is Brian um, Asamoa. He went to Minnesota. He's an instant Anthony Barr replacement, both as an outside linebacker edge type and as a true 
weak inside linebacker. It's a great fit for him. I liked him quite a bit before the draft, and he fell a little bit longer than I thought he was going to, but he still went day two. Number five for me is Quay Walker. Um, he is the guy that I kind of talked about quite a bit in the consensus rankings at linebacker. For me, I just think it's a little bit of hype as opposed to what he's actually going to give you on the field as a true run stopper. Devonta Campbell is going to be the stat hog of that linebacking core. And unless this defense for the Green Bay Packers takes a massive uptick, which is going to be pretty hard considering how they let go of Zadarius White, and they have quite a few rookies that are going to be playing on this defense this year, I don't see a way that Quay Walker gives you that top two upside that a lot of people are seeing him at with the landing spot. Um, my personal biggest shifters in my linebacking ranks when it came to my pre and post draft would be Christian Harris. He was my pre-draft linebacker four. Now he's my post-draft linebacker two. I really liked Christian Harris and anyone that's been listening to the IDP episodes over this offseason knows that. Number two for me is Brian Alsamoa. He was my pre-draft linebacker seven. He's now my post-draft linebacker four. The landing spot's great, and I think people aren't realizing the huge void that Anthony Barr not being on the Vikings is going to leave for the defense. So they're going to need a guy that can come off the edge, be a monster, and is great in coverage, and that's what Brian Asamoa does. The biggest linebacker steal right now is Mr. Brian Asamoa for me. Um, right now, he is consensus linebacker eight. He is right now my post-draft linebacker four, and you're not going to have to take him realistically until the end of probably the fourth round of your rookie IDP drafts, which is pretty wild for a guy that could come in and be an every down starter at linebacker as a rookie for your team. The linebacker sleeper slash star in the making is how I would classify it as is for me, it's Brandon Smith. He went to Carolina. He was an early day three guy. He's the consensus linebacker 14, but outside of Shaq Thompson on that defense at the linebacker position, Carolina doesn't have a lot. Brandon Smith is an athletic freak. He's right around 240, runs that 4-4 speed that you're looking for. So he's kind of a clone of a guy like Shaq Thompson. And them running the field together in hopefully a make-or-break-it season format rule should have some fun dividends. Even if the defense isn't good, you're going to see them flying around all the time. And I like linebackers that are on bad defenses. Moving away from the linebacker position, I will go into the defensive back position. We're going to go the same order as last time. The DB consensus ranks are as follows. Uh, Kyle Hamilton was consensus pretty much before the draft and post-draft now as the DB number one. Safety going to the Baltimore Ravens. Number two was Daxton Hill currently as consensus ranks. Um, he went to the Cincinnati Bengals. Number three is Lewis Seen. He went at the end of the first round at pick 32 to the Minnesota Vikings. Realistically, to pair up and be the eventual replacement to a guy like Harrison Smith, they play very similarly. You have Jalen Petrie at number four, who went to the Houston Texans. And you have number five, Mr. Jaquan Brisker, who went to my Chicago Bears. My DD post-draft rankings, again, quite a bit different than the consensus post-draft rankings. Number one for me is a chalk pick, just like Devin Lloyd was, and that's Kyle Hamilton at Baltimore. Um, you have an athletic freak at linebacker. There was a lot of talks of him coming in um, and kind of being that move piece as a linebacker slash safety hybrid, a true DB piece, a slot corner. Um, people compared him a lot pre-draft to a Tyron Matthew, and they go to a team that everyone was screaming Tyron Matthew to go to. Um, he gives you kind of the Earl Thomas vibe, but he's quite a bit bigger, hits quite a bit better. Um, his play recognition isn't quite where it needs to be to be on those comps for me, but I think he could realistically move into a role in a very similar fashion on a very good defense. The landing spot couldn't have been better for him. Number two for me um, may seem like a homer pick. I don't really care. It's Jaquan Brisker to Chicago. Um, he comes in and you look at Chicago's draft. I've talked about it on multiple podcasts right now and in the group chat. So you guys know anyone in the Patreon knows. 
Um, I wasn't super happy with how Chicago addressed their needs this offseason, specifically a wide receiver. But the two picks that they took in Kyle Gordon and Jaquan Brisker filled the two of the three largest holes on the roster, which was wide receiver, safety, starting safety at strong safety, and cornerback. Um, they got Kyle Gordon in there at cornerback. They brought in Jaquan Brisker, who, in my opinion, was a monster. He was my pre-draft <laughs> ranked safety number two, and he landed on a very good defense with a very good defensive-minded coach in a backfield that desperately needed a strong safety. He comes in and immediately takes over Diggs's role as the safety for us. He pairs up with Eddie Jackson. It's a good complement and a good kind of difference in uh, skill position and skill styles. And he's a very hard hitter. I just want someone that's physical in that strong safety role. And that's what Brisker brings. Uh, the only player who is higher on the physicality rankings that I had was Lewis Seen. He was my pre-draft number one at the safety position. He, I thought he was the most sure and most physical tackler at the safety position, and he could have came in day one and started at strong safety on probably 80% of the rosters in the NFL, and I wouldn't have been shocked. Um, he went to Minnesota, again, comes in as an inevitable replacement realistically for the Harrison Smith, hits harder than Harrison Smith, and is realistically going to get some good rotational role, but he's a safety. Um, DB is a little bit weird when it comes to rookies. Um, unless you hit, you hit hard, like some of the guys I told you to buy pre-preseason last year in Paulson and Debo. And, uh, oh, why am I branking on him? He's the Tennessee small slot corner. I'll think of it later and then it'll come to me. But, um, the, those guys, unless you ball out your rookie year, everyone's just kind of rotating through corners, even on a regular basis. If you're not a stud safety, like a Jamal Adams, who's getting you like 80 tackles a year, most people will just keep cycling through the DB position. So hitting on them early is always beneficial, but it's not quite as important as some of the other ones, other positions, at least on the MVP. Uh, number four for me is Jalen Petrie. Uh, he went to Houston, another huge need with Justin Reed going to the Kansas City Chiefs at the safety position. Um, you bring in Petrie to basically play that exact same role. Um, he was the most productive ball hawk on the team, Justin Reed was, and Petrie plays in a very similar sideline to sideline free safety role. Uh, number five for me is Mr. Trent McDuffie, the cornerback to Kansas City. This is due to the number of raw targets you're going to see in the division. Uh, as you guys know, if I'm going to put money on a DB, it's typically going to be on a DB that's going to see a ton of targets his rookie year because there's a guy on the other side that people don't really want to target. Uh, Ladarius Sneed is one of those guys on the other side for Kansas City. There's a lot of rookies that are going to be on this defense for Kansas City. And a guy like Trent McDuffie should see a lot of targets towards him, should have a higher than average target, uh, not target, tackle floor than most actual cornerbacks will in the NFL. And He's got good ball production. He's a locked-on corner in college. You hope that he can project and start to become that in the NFL, but I'm just looking at the target volume when it comes to a CB, and I like his landing spot better than some of the safeties that are remaining. Uh, my personal DB movers the most, uh, as I said, Lewisine was my pre-draft number one. He's now my post-draft number three. Just a little bit of fall for grace just because I really liked the landing spots for Hamilton and Brisker. And then Brian Cook, he was my pre-draft three. He's now my post-draft six. Um, I really didn't like the landing spot in Kansas City. Like I said, he comes in. He doesn't have any really money guarantees being a late day two pick. And then you have two surefire safeties basically playing in Thornhill, which he could inevitably replace, and 
Justin Reed, who they just signed to a big money contract. So he dropped a little bit just due off of that. My biggest DB steal based on the current ADP is Nicholas Cross with the Indianapolis Colts. He's a current consensus DB 10, which means he's basically not being drafted in most IDP leagues. Um, he comes in at safety for the Indianapolis Colts and a team that needs one pretty bad. He's a very fast, very physical, very tall and long safety and he's a good tackler in general and that's what you want if they're going to be sticking with the same type of Eberflus system even though Eberflus left you want a sure file tackler and that's what cross is and then my sleeper star in the making Kirby Joseph um, he was kind of everyone's darling safety out of Illinois during the pre-draft process in IDP and he fell to the Detroit Lions that kind of don't need a safety right now, but he is very, very good. He's prototypical, and right now he's going as DB17. I think that's an atrocious ADP right now. Um, he's a guy that I'm picking up everywhere, immediately following my IDP drafts as my first priority free agent pickup, or if I'm really feeling like I might not get him at the end of my IDP drafts, I'm taking him at the end of the fifth round. Um, he's just one of those players I'm pretty confident in, in the landing spot with Dan Campbell's defense. It's pretty nice, even if he doesn't have an immediate track run. He's a guy I'd love to stash on my taxi squads. On to my defensive lineman ranks, I go into the consensus ranks. Uh, the consensus ranks for right now, ADP, you have Aiden Hudson to Detroit at number one. He went number two overall. You have Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State going to the New York Jets at number two. You have Kayvon Thibodeau, who went to the New York Giants at pick five, falling to number three on the D-line. You have David Ajabo still sneaking into the top five, going to Baltimore, a good landing spot, even though he may not see the field at all his rookie year. And then you have Taven Walker going to Jacksonville with the number overall pick that everyone saw. Differs significantly from my post-draft rankings. And this, again, is kind of a process thing more than anything. Um, yes, there may be some talented players. There may be some guys with huge upside like David Ojaba that people want to buy into, even though he may not play his rookie year. But I can tell you right now, you're not going to get any trade value whatsoever on David Ojabo going into year two if he doesn't play and he doesn't look good in any limited snaps that he may see the field in his first year. So he's a pick that I just don't like. There's quite a bit of reshuffling based off of what I think the production is going to be year one. And the guy that's set up for the most success, I think, is one and two. It's really close for them. But Jermaine Johnson going to the New York Jets comes in, fills a role on the edge in a solid-led defense that is feisty and always puts the boom on the running game. Jermaine Johnson realistically could see anywhere north of like 50 tackles as an edge, which is pretty wild in this solid defense, and could be pushing for double-digit sack totals as a rookie, which would be wild. Number two for me is landing spot dependent more than anything. It's the surrounding talent. You have George Karlofkis falling to the Kansas City Chiefs at the end of the first round. And you see a guy in George Karlofkis coming in that he's going to be on the opposite side of Frank Clark. You still have Chris Jones in the middle. So he's not going to be seeing anything other than single coverage all year. And he is a guy with a motor that just does not stop. Um, he's going to open the game up for a guy like Frank Clark in Kansas City. And realistically, you could see this front that is based off of motor, effort, grit, and speed really be exactly what you want to see from Carl Oskis. Number three for me is Drake Jackson. He went to San Francisco, and this is another scheme fit and another surrounding talent fit more than anything. You have Joey Bosa on the opposite side. You bring in Jake Jackson, Drake Jackson, sorry, who realistically could be the most athletic <laughs> defensive lineman outside of Aiden Hutchinson and outside of David Walker in the entire draft. He is a speed freak coming out of USC. 
and he's a guy that should make an immediate impact on the San Francisco line. Plus, there's just kind of a stigma out there with San Francisco linemen where pretty much anyone that goes there immediately gets a boop. Uh, not a boop, but yeah, boost in IDP value and an actual like contract NFL value. It's kind of where you go to rehab your contract. So going in as a rookie is always a safe bet as long as you're not Solomon Thomas, who's not athletic and doesn't have any type of outside pass move. Number four for me on the list is Aiden Hutchinson. So everyone's darling at number one after going to Detroit. Um, I do like the defensive fit for Aiden Hutchinson. I just think he's a safe four player, but doesn't have a big ceiling. And you could see him have a very middling average rookie season, which if that's what you see with Aiden Hutchinson, I don't think there's going to be a value dip per se of that much. But where you have to get him and where you have to draft him in IDP leagues, I'm not really comfortable taking him there. Number five for me is Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, He's probably the most athletically gifted out of the entire group. Um, He's a freak, and I just don't like the New York Giant landing spot. I get that it's a different coaching staff. It's a different, you know, a different GM, but the owner's the same. I just don't really like the New York Giants. Right now, that defensive line uh, used to be good a couple of years ago. They just are just retendered, basically, Dexter Lawrence on his five-year option but i just i just don't like what the options are around him i don't think he's going to be set up for success and he's probably going to be the guy that gets double teamed more often than not on that new york giants line which is not great for production your rookie year when i look at my personal d-line post-draft movers the most number one for me is mr george karloftis he was my pre-draft five he's now my post-draft two it's all landing spot i liked him a lot he was a safe floor player but i like the landing spot quite a bit more than a guy who's also a safe floor player in aiden hutchinson number two for me is Kayvon thibodeau he was my pre-draft one he's now my post-draft five completely due to landing spot more than anything i like the talent quite a bit but he's gonna basically have to be fighting double teams the entirety of his time there and unless they bring in another edge to compliment him off of free agency right now or someone comes out of the woodwork here one i don't think it's going to be as successful for him stat wise in an idp league as some of the other players on the list the biggest defensive line steal based on current adp shouldn't be a shocker to anyone but it's george karloftis he wasn't in the consensus top five right now he's consensus six on the d line and he's my post draft two as we just chatted about so getting my post draft two at a d line six where realistically you're not going to have to draft him until late four early five is just kind of a steal for a guy that i think is going to have instant production on a great defensive line for kansas city um number one sleeper star on the defensive line for me is my jay sanders he was a guy i liked quite a bit that no one's really talking about even though he went day two to a team with a stud on the opposite side um they did lose chandler jones on the defensive line in arizona my jay sanders comes in as a move piece who can play both inside and outside in a similar vein to a chandler jones now on the other side of mr jj watt you have a lot of surrounding linebacker blitzing talent in isaiah simmons and the other linebacker from last year that I can't, Zion Johnson, does that sound right? Yeah, I think it's John, Zion Johnson. Um, the two linebackers, they're just move pieces, blitzing machines. You have MyJ Sanders, who's realistically just going to get single coverage all the time, being a move piece on this defensive line. He's currently going as defensive lineman 16th, which means he's not being drafted. He's a guy, I he 
there's no one higher on the IDP list for me right now than MyJ Sanders as who I'm trying to acquire and add immediately following my drafts. That's going to immediately be followed by Mr. Kirby Joseph. So this is kind of a quick header for you guys. I kept it kind of short and sweet at 25 minutes about where I wanted to cover all of the rankings, kind of my analysis on some of the landing spots and my top fives just to give you a good landing spot. Because realistically, there's probably not going to be more than about 15 IDP players on average that go in an IDP draft. Um, there's a lot of post-draft shuffling with players more than anything unless there's a team with like a loaded amount of picks, like double-digit picks in those five rounds so picking up these priority free agents my overall sleepers and biggest d like you know defensive position steals uh, i would be focusing on those guys and just as a quick reminder for you i'll just run through the list again for you on the defensive line the two guys that i would be targeting more than anyone based off of where they're going adp that i don't think you have to reach on are george kalafis to the kansas city chiefs and my jay sanders when it comes to the dbs the two players that i'm looking at acquiring very cheaply and that can have instant impacts for your dynasty teams based off of how the rosters lay right now would be Nicholas Cross with the Indianapolis Colts and Kirby Joseph Joseph with Detroit Lions sorry and then when the linebackers I love the value that you're getting from Brian Asamoah right now with the Minnesota Vikings and Brandon Smith with the Carolina Panthers that wraps it up for today like I said short and sweet IDP love. We're going to be sprinkling in quite a bit more IDP over the summer, but it's about time to get started on some team draft analysis. And that's actually what we're going to be hitting on every week over the next couple, probably about six weeks. We're going to be hitting team specific rookie fits, team specific rookie outlooks for your fantasy dynasty rosters for these rookies. It's not going to be division by division, uh, but it's going to be pretty close to it. Um, so we're going to talk some interesting names, some interesting fits post-draft and kind of go deep dive on some of the teams. We're going to have a lot more guests coming up for you guys with some of the guys on the DWZ network, as well as some of you Patreons that have had the lucky ability to get in on your favorite team's episodes this summer. And we're going to hash it out. We're going to talk the pros, the cons, and the outlooks for all these fun rookies that just went in last week's NFL draft. But until next week, this has been a DWZ rookie rundown. It's been a great time. And until next week, have a great week. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday, and if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.